Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host, and co-hosting the show with me is Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. We have Patty Perucci standing in for Alec Rooney today, and Patty is a news contributor to Christian Action Network. Michael Moyer is at the control board, and out in Columbus, Ohio, is David Carroll, who's also the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is sponsoring this program. Welcome, everybody. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Nashville shooting. And uh, I'm sure everybody is very familiar with it by now. So Audrey Elizabeth Hale, she's a 28-year-old transgender and a former student at a private Christian grade school in Nashville, Tennessee. She shot her way through the doors of the Covenant School and killed three nine-year-old students and three adult staff members in the lobby area of the second floor. One of the victims of the shooting was Catherine Kuntz, who founded the school in 2001. The school is associated with the Covenant Presbyterian Church and has around 200 students. Hale herself was killed by two police officers who stormed the school and confronted Hale in the lounge area. So, of course, President Biden had something to say about this. So he says, I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time we begin to make some more progress. I'm not sure what he meant by more progress. Mm -hmm. Has he made any progress? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has. I don't know. But uh, he wants to have more progress because Joe Biden and all the left-wingers out there think that it's the guns that kill people and not the people themselves that are holding the weapons. So I know there's going to be a lot of discussion about this Nashville shooting and people are going to analyze it from here to there to everybody's sick and tired of hearing about it. But I wanted to uh, kind of take a different angle here because, you know, there probably are many good solutions to people out there who shouldn't have guns, who are bent on doing something very tragic and horrible, even to little kids. But I think the real problem, Pastor, is that it's not gun control that we need. It's God control that has to come back. And I think that we now live in a society where people have abandoned God. They've abandoned biblical principles. They abandon having God in their life. And that means a lot. You know, unless you're a Christian, you really have no clue how God helps you through the day, how he helps you through all your struggles, how he provides answers to all your questions. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not magical. It's not dream of genie stuff where you just twitch your nose and all of a sudden God has an answer in front of your face. But God is always there. He's always there. And he's always ready to comfort you even when you don't know why you're being comforted. Because the peace of God is always with you. If you reach out for it, you're going to find it. But a world that doesn't have God not only does not have that peace, they do not have answers to the questions and the struggles that they're going through. But neither do they have the moral compass to know when something is right and when something is wrong. And people will take very wrong actions to cure what they think are problems in their lives. You know, earlier this year, uh, we did a segment called Human Rage in which we went through 12 cases 
and there's many more out there. But we went through 12 cases of people committing horrible crimes for just ridiculous reasons. You know, uh, a man who got too much mayonnaise on his Subway sandwich ended up killing the server, shooting the server. Another man was killed by another lady because he drove too close to a stray cat. He didn't hit the cat. He just drove too close to the stray cat. And the woman behind him had him out of the car and then got back in her car and ran him over and killed him. And in New York City, a man was killed simply because he asked for a cigarette. So that's human rage. This, what we saw in Nashville, is nothing short of human rage. Yeah, and and let me say this, Marty. You know, first of all, our, our hearts go out to the families of these young nine-year-old children, three of them, and I believe the other three were 60 and 61 years old. So total six individuals lost their lives for no apparent reason, and uh, our hearts just break. I mean, this, this is a tragedy. This is horrific. But what we need to address tonight, Marty, is that, yeah, it, it's not a gun problem. And it's funny because the same people who want to control guns and control our lives will tell us that God shouldn't be controlling your lives, right? They look at us that you silly Christians, you just do whatever that Bible tells you, right? We walk in obedience, but they don't want control from God, but they want to control us because they want to be God. But let's address the truth here. The truth is, is that there's so much mental illness in the LGBTQ community and controlling guns is not going to fix that. What we need to do is we need to understand that there is mental illness. There's also demonic oppression in this world. We see the demonic popping its ugly head everywhere, and Satan is on the prowl seeking somebody that he can devour. And whether it's mental illness, whether it was some sort of demonic influence here, the only solution, like you said, Marty, is God. And you know, controlling guns, getting rid of all of our guns is not the solution. For the left, it is. We know that. But we need to address the root cause here, which is mental issues in these people. And there's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to play psychologist here, but there's many issues where that can stem from. But it's, it's, not a, it's not a skin issue. It's not a gun issue. It's not a this or that issue. It's a sin issue. It's a sin problem. And we need to understand that. And let me just make one last point here before we go on. You know, if this was from our people, right, Christians, conservative, I mean, there would be so much outrage, you know, and I didn't see the press conference. I heard some people talk about it. We talked about it before we came on here that, uh, you know, our quote unquote president was kind was wasn't really making this a very serious, somber thing. But if it was a conservative person who went in and blasted a public school, it would be a totally different story. Right. Yeah, I want to bring up something because three of us on this panel, and that would be me, David, and Patty, uh, we grew up in the 60s, you know, and it was in the 60s where prayer was abolished in the public schools in 1962. And then in the following year, reading the Bible was abolished in the public schools. Yeah, 62 and 63, I think yep. it was. That's yep. correct. Yeah, so we kicked God out of the public schools. I want to say, you know, in the, in, the decade of the 1960s, there were a total of 19 shootings in the public schools in the entire decade compared to this year. 
there's already 90, hmm. 90 shootings in the public schools already this year. Now, if people can't really take time to analyze what the real problem is here in the United States, it's because they don't want to. It's because they intentionally want to cover it up. You throw God out, you create a vacuum for evil to come in. Well, I just read a survey yesterday that we have the lowest number of people ever in our history who believe in God, who are going to church. So it's really not a coincidence that these things are happening. It's all, um, even if you look at some of the charts and the graphs of crimes, um, drug issues, uh, the various um, the various social ills in our society, they go all the way back to 62 and 63. And you can just look at the chart, and it just falls right off the cliff. Yeah. Well, you know, the liberals want to blame everything other than what the real problem is, right? They, they If they're not blaming guns, they're blaming it on mental health. They love to use the word mental health, right? Especially if it's one of theirs that did the crazy shooting or killing. Oh, it was just a mental health problem that individual was suffering from. The Islamists love to do it. Whenever one of their wacky people goes on at some you know murderous rage, runs people over with a car or blows something up. Or chops a head off. Or chops a head off. They'll say, oh, well, that person was suffering from a mental condition. I've seen it. I mean, I read it all the time. I know what they're going to say. Every time one of theirs does something, it's a mental problem. If someone that they disagree with does it, then it's no longer a mental health problem, right? Right. It's right. a philosophy problem. You believe in patriotism. You believe in a God. You believe in that make America great again nonsense. Also, how you, do you are a white supremacist. How do you identify these mental problems? You know, what's a mental problem to us might not be on the left. You know, they look at Christian conservatives as having mental problems. Well, you know, it's people with mental problems <laughs> accusing their own <laughs> That's exactly of right. having mental right. problems. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a mental problem, and it's not a question of whether there are too many guns on the streets. No. Good grief. When, our, when our founding to... fathers came here, you know, when the people landed here in the United States, they all had guns. They didn't end up shooting each other. And we tried a, an assault weapons ban back in the 90s for 10 years, if you recall. And even the federal government determined after looking at the results, it made no difference in, in gun crimes. So, you know, this proposal by Biden won't do a thing. It's just all political pandering. And we live, guys, we live in a society where we're celebrating transgenderism. We're celebrating the changing of gender, right? And this is the fruit of it. This is the result, right? I'm not saying that every person that's confused about their gender or changes their gender, whatever that nonsense is, is going to go out and murder someone. But if you're that confused, you, you, that, we should take away guns from those people, right? Those people should not have guns. I'm, I'm fully on board with taking guns away from someone who's that confused in their life where they need serious help, where, you know, bring them into a counselor, bring them into a church, have somebody help these people. And this was a 28-year-old person, so an adult, but still someone who's, you know, very young in life, used to attend that school and went in 
and you said that the founder of that school was killed. The pastor of that school and, and of the church was daughter was killed. You know, so now you have a pastor, a leader of the church there who's him and his family. They're going through grief. I mean, me and my family over six years ago, our son, Alex, passed away at 21 years ago. It wasn't from a murder. It was from a, a motorcycle accident. So we can relate to, from the death of a child. So now you have a nine-year-old daughter who, you know, you, you've raised, you've loved, you've cared for. Now, because this person wants to come in with a gun who's confused about their gender, who didn't get the necessary help from this country, right? Instead of focusing so much on gun control, let's focus on helping these people with their issues. And now it's a call to the church, right? Because in the church, you know, Patty mentioned that we have such a a decline in church attendance and people who are actually following God like they should be. And COVID was, was a fantastic catalyst for that, right? COVID comes, you, a lot of churches shut down. You can't go to church. People get comfy and cozy. They don't want to go back into the church. And now, you know, a lot of Christians don't want to go out and share the gospel. And that's the only solution in this country. The solution's not getting Trump elected. The solution's not more Republicans in the office. It's not a political solution it's a God solution. It's a Jesus Christ solution. It's a Holy Spirit solution. And that's what we need to let people know, whether they get offended by it, whether they hate us, but we got to speak the truth. We got to do it in love. And, you know, we got to love these people enough to let them know that there's a God that loves them, even in their state where they're separated from them. Yeah. So let me bring up one more solution the leftists have regarding incidents like this. So first, it's gun control. That will solve it. Two, it's a mental condition, so we need more mental health uh, psychologists out there to help people deal with this. But the one that really gets me is this third one. They brought it on themselves. Wow. If they weren't yeah. like that, they wouldn't have people coming out to try to kill them. And that today is now appearing in the news. So I want to go over some of the stuff that's been out there today. And a lot of people have probably not heard about this. So the Trans Resistance Network, they say they believe Audrey had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others. Hate has consequences, they That's say. That's outrageous. Wow. So basically, this is a try and true method of the liberals out there. I remember when you know Trump was holding those rallies and you had the radical Antifa and idiots out there beating up on Trump supporters. The media would come out and say, well... Can you really blame them? Look what Trump stands for. Look what they stand for. They're begging people to come smack them in the face. That's what is going to happen here. Watch the news as it goes out for the next week. You're going to see more and more of, oh, well, you know, it's these people who are opposed to, you know, transgenderism that's upsetting these under other individuals, making them do things they wouldn't normally do, such as go out and kill you know, three nine-year-old kids. All right, so this one's not alone. Uh, uh, also, two trans activists came out today. And one of them, his name is Eli Ehrlich. And this guy had already previously boasted that he gives cross-sex hormones to children without permission. He's already admitted to having done that in the past. So he posted a tweet today without providing any evidence, but he says... As we have learned, it's clear the Nashville Covenant School is a right-wing institution in which Audrey Hale and many others were abused. 
I mean, he has no facts to back My that goodness. up. But again, it's their fault. They deserve this. You can't blame Artie for doing something that other people drove her to do. Trans Veronica Ripley, she reposted that tweet and she said, or he said, whatever they call it, a lot of things need to happen in the wake of this terrible Nashville tragedy. But certainly the conservative love affair with radical, unregulated religious schools should come to an end. So again, it's the schools doing it to them, people like them. What does that mean, unregulated religious schools? What kind of regulations do they Well, they, they want? want them to go in there and have them stop talking stop about— Stop teaching the Bible? Well, yeah, pretty wow. much. But to stop saying homosexuality is <clears throat> a sin or that you should, you know, uh, it's against biblical belief to switch your gender from one sex to the other. David, you've had some comments <clears throat> here waiting in the queue. What do you got for us? I have a little bit different point of view from you, Martin. I really think that it is a mental health issue. And somebody like the, the shooter, this was a biological woman pretending to be a man. The, the condition is a mental health condition called gender dysphoria. And it brings with it all sorts of other mental conditions, frequently suicide, frequently other things. And let us not forget that Mental illness is a product of Satan. So, you know, Jason's right that, that it's a church problem because Satan is behind the mental illness, but that doesn't make it any less of a mental illness. And, and I believe that mental illness and mental health really is part of the problem. And another part of the problem is that the so-called mental health professionals treat gender dysphoria in exactly the wrong way, yeah. exactly yeah. the wrong way. Affirming a mental illness is not going to help cure it. So affirming the gender dysphoria is exactly the wrong thing to do, as opposed to trying to make kids comfortable in the bodies that God gave them. Yes, well, I agree with that. Yeah, like I'm not saying it wasn't a mental illness. I'm saying that people who don't have faith in God are going to suffer from mental illness because it is God in your life that keeps that brain straight of yours, helping you walk through the path of life. Marty, was your point that, you know, they're going to call it mental illness, but then when our side commits a murder, potentially they're, they're going to disengage from the mental illness, right? That's they're, correct. They're not. Yeah. So that was your point. Um, and, and look, like David's saying, they're, they're condoning all these things. And, and let's be honest, guys. I mean, the left doesn't want to help anybody. They're condoning these things for everyone's detriment, right? If we're it honest here. It makes the situation so much worse right. for these young people. Right, exactly. By affirming so, it. Right, so they condone LGBTQ, gender dysphoria, like David said. And then, Marty, some of the comments that you had just read, they're condoning murder, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, every human being, Christian or un- non-Christian, you can understand that thou shall not murder, right? You don't need to understand the Ten Commandments. You know that murder is wrong. So now some of these comments that you read, they're actually condoning murder because those people in the school brought it on themselves. That That's scary. We live in a society where, yeah, okay, condone your, your homosexualism, condone your change of gender, but now you're actually condoning killing someone in cold blood. It's almost like yeah. a dog whistle to people on the left. Well, how do we know that Audrey didn't watch Jane Fonda on The View a couple of weeks ago when she was mm. asked, you know, how are we going to 
protest against these pro-life people, and her answer was murder. Murder, yeah. And yeah, she repeated crazy. it, murder. Yeah. So that's what they think, but they're going to blame us for bringing that evil out of them. Now, it's not just the trans community coming out here trying to victim shame the school or the parents of, of you know, people who put their kids through the school. Listen to this paragraph the Daily Mail had out today, and this was by the writer of a news story, by the way. It's not a column. It's the writer of a news story. Twisted shooter Audrey Hale was at odds with her devout Christian parents because they could not accept that she was gay and transgender. Church coordinator Norma, 61, and her husband Ronald, 64, refused to let Hale, who had recently adopted the name Aiden, and use the he-him pronouns, dress as a man in their home. The 28-year-old loner would instead wait until she left her $700,000 Nashville property to change outfits. So, I mean, that's just laden full of, of buzzwords, mm-hmm. right? You know, oh, you got these rich, very rich people out there. Again, more of that, you know, white privilege stuff going on, trying to tell their kids that they can't be a transgender, that if you want to be a transgender, you got to leave my $700,000 home. And as far as the poor girl, right? <laughs> She's kicked out of her $700,000 house simply because she wants to wear a male outfit by her devout Christian parents, driving her to this insanity. It's not the parents' fault. It's the devout Christianity's fault. So this is where this conversation is going to go, I think, this coming week. Watch it play out because the liberals are great for it. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it. You're going to feel it. Right, and I wanted to point something out. Now, 90% of all organizations out there support this LGBT movement. Most uh, news companies support it. You you cannot go a day without, (coughs) excuse me, hearing a politician support it. I mean— the people who are opposed to it are few and far between, and most of them are even afraid to say something to begin with. When you have that much control over society, when you hear one person say something bad about what you believe, you go out and start murdering little children, and you think anybody should feel sorry for you? I mean, you're not getting it from me, and I, I, I personally believe you're evil, but you don't deserve this sympathy, and we shouldn't have to listen to these people try to justify this. And Martin, you and I were discussing this earlier. It took us a while to understand that um, Audrey was a biological female because the media was so careful in their language that I saw several stories where it was impossible to figure out whether she was a biological female or a biological male. And I saw in the same article, and this was actually on Fox, where they used the male and female pronouns for her. (laughs) And then in another one, they used male, female, and plural pronouns for her. So the media is, I agree with you, Michael, a bit complicit in this, um, just kind of, you know, bowing down to this whole agenda. Well, they're afraid to offend them. Right. So they don't know what to say. And now they're nervous up there. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I don't know. You know, uh, we got to get it right, though, because if we don't get it right, we're going to get attacked by the 
rest of the liberal media out there and the woke professors that are out there and everybody else with a loud mouth on the woke side is going to start attacking us. Yeah, like the police. Throwing tomato juice at us like they did uh, earlier this week uh, to to another protester who was speaking out against transgenderism. Yeah, yeah, and and Marty, speaking of attacks, it comes back to an attack on God, right? right? In Genesis, God said that he created them male and female. So now when you have voices, you have mainstream media, all these different people out there saying that it's, I don't know if it's a male, I don't know if it's a female, I don't know if it's a boy, a girl. Now there's confusion, but ultimately, inadvertently, it's an attack on God. And God knows exactly how he created this girl, and and we're not going to be complicit, right? We're not going to call this person who is a a biological female, we're not going to call this girl him they, you know, whatever, we're not going to use the pronouns. We know exactly who this person was created to be. And unfortunately, this person is very confused, has serious issues, and needs serious help. All right, let's move on to another uh, story, not as wacky or crazy or as disheartening as that one, but the Italian government has banned the use of insect flour in pasta and pizza, (laughs) which has been approved by the European Union. Right. So, you know, I was making dinner for us tonight up there. And when I got the flour out of my uh, jar to put it into my recipe, I was thinking, you know, will there come a day where I'm being forced to use insect flour instead of (laughs) meat flour? (laughs) And, uh, you know, but that day is, you know, supposedly coming, according to the World Economic Forum. And they're the ones that are kind of behind this effort to get us all to start eating insects rather than animal and vegetable products. So the World Economic Forum, uh, they said they want uh, people to start eating insects as sustainable food source. And in 2013, they published a report titled Edible Insects, Future Prospects for Food and Feed Security. Uh, And they want that to be as the source of food for us humans now. And the report was a part of a broader discussion about the need to shift towards a more sustainable food system in light of the growing population and the environmental impact of current food production practices. All right. So so how many of y'all have eaten something that isn't sustainable? There's nothing. Everything is sustainable. Now, what else have you eaten that isn't, like, natural, that didn't come from the earth? I mean, even chocolate that has stuff mixed in with it it is still coming from nature so is your steaks so is your your pork so oh, is you your can't chickens steak now because you know cows a lot of gas there and right. that's destroying the ozone layer right so right. they want to replace cows with insects yeah yeah that's the latest that's ridiculous and they and they just really want to have control over top of this food supply they want to make sure that you can eat your paste whenever they want you to eat your paste and that's it, basically. And, and and imagine to say that humans can't eat what they want to eat because it hurts the environment that we live in. The earth that we live on, we can't eat what we want to eat because it pollutes. Well, think about the progression here. We have to get rid of the animals or the, the food sources that um, are somehow hurting the environment. Or, you know, contributing to, you know, uh, greenhouse gas emissions. But who's the biggest uh, offender? It's humans. So who's next? 
first counts. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah. It'll be like that movie, um, Soylent Green. Anybody ever see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Humans yeah. on the few yeah. chain next time. Well, I was thinking, you know, if there are people out there that will go postal because they are a female and can't dress up as a male, how many people are going to go postal when you take their food source away and start making them eat insects instead? Yeah, well, to be clear, she, she did dress up as a he. She was like that. Nobody stopped her from doing it. Some people may have not agreed with her, but she she had her way. She was still able to be gay and a transsexual, which I'm not exactly sure what that means. I mean, does she like dudes or guys? If she's a transsexual, does that mean that she likes guys? Or I don't know. It, it's very confusing. But <laughs> she wasn't stopped from doing anything that she wanted to do. No, she went up and shot that school because people didn't like her. Well, that was it. She wasn't stopped, but she had, you know, the scowl of her parents when she did it and the scowl of conservatives when she did it and scowl of the religious churches out there when she did it. And that's what she couldn't take. Well, maybe if everybody in your life is opposed to what you're doing, you should double think what you're doing. I mean, I really believe that, you know, if you bring a, a date home and your parents and your grandparents and your sisters and your brothers say, we don't think he's right for you. You know, you think twice about it. The same thing with this this poor girl. Um, if the whole world seemed to be against her, the people who were counseling her should have said, maybe you should rethink your lifestyle. Right. And, and the problem is, guys, in, in our culture that we live in, you know, we're so complicit, like we mentioned before. You know, we, we want to accept, you know, society wants us to accept transgenderism. And it's so prominent in our culture that when it's not accepted, if you're in that lifestyle and you're not accepted, then what happens? Then you have this mental breakdown, right? Then you, then you go berserk because you're expecting everybody to accept it, you know? And, and that's what we're, you know, the left is expecting. All these young kids, you know, the millennial generation, younger generations, Gen Z, they're accepting, they're expecting to be accepted, Right. And we, as an older generation, realize, you know what, that's not reality. Regardless of what we do, not everyone is going to accept you. They're not all going to agree with you. They're not all going to like you, and that's okay. You know, we can have our, our differing opinions, but we can still get along. But I think we're raising a culture where you have to be accepted or else you just can't handle anything. You got to go into your safe space, right? You got to run away, and then you're going to commit a crime. Well, I, d- I don't think the standard should be perhaps, Patty, that, you know, if society looks at you and says you're doing something wrong, maybe you should take a look at yourself. Not society. I didn't mean that. I meant the people who are closest to you, not not society, because you can't trust society. Right. Well, and sometimes you can't trust the people that are closest (laughs) to you. (laughs) Not your friends either. I would really just say your family and your church, maybe. Well, I don't even know about the church anymore. (laughs) I I do know about the Bible, though. And that is, what does the Bible say about this? That should be our only true Mm -hmm. guide as to whether we are doing something right or wrong. And that doesn't mean that, you know, someone has to abide, feel like like I'm on pins and needles if I violate anything in the Bible, but it needs to be your guide in life because that's what's going to get you through Mm -hmm. these complicated days and from the beginning of time, right? Well, from the beginning of the Bible, it helped people get through those days. 
And that is what we have to look to, not necessarily always to our family, not necessarily certainly to society, not to television, not to those wacky singers that are out there, not to Netflix, where people really are trying to get their truth from in today's world, but to the Bible, because it does have the answers. And I'm not a religious fanatic. I know I'm sounding like it on this particular broadcast, but I'm not a religious fanatic. That's the only reason why this happened to uh, this woman, Audrey, is that, you know, somebody, I believe that this wasn't a natural thing for her. I believe that just uh, we have a whole generation of young people that are being influenced by adults who know better to go into this lifestyle. And as as you had all said, this is really a mental condition that should be treated with mental health care, not affirmed, not, you know, uh, not where you get give them drugs or you chemically castrate them or you physically castrate them. So these are adults that are pushing this agenda. Well, that's true. Um, but look, if we live in a society that says I have to eat insects, if there's laws that say we, <laughs> we I have to eat We were talking about insects, insects weren't we? <laughs> again, I'm looking toward the Bible, and the Bible says that God gave us plants and cows and all kinds of food out there to eat. And if I have the approval of God to eat these things, that's all I really care about. I'm not going down the path of eating insects. Right. I'm not going to use it as a flower. I'm not going to put it in my drink. I'm not going to you know, use it as a rub on a steak. There will be no insect ingredients in Martin's in house. house. <laughs> <laughs> and does anybody you. believe that that would actually have any impact whatsoever on the environment? I don't think even they believe it, the left. I think it is just another means of control. Actually, I think they believe it. I think do they you? believe all this stuff. Yes, I do think they believe it all. Well, or, like the they're ones, more lost maybe. than I thought. Or hmm. do they do this? You know, like you're saying, Marty, and I had this thought too before you said this. Do they literally go in the Bible and say, we're going to institute yeah. laws, legislation, <laughs> policies that go against it's God? Exactly it's exactly the it, opposite. It, it might not be so out there, <laughs> right? It might not be, you know, Jesus Christ isn't Lord, but it's going to be, yeah, God God gave us liberty to eat whatever we want, even the animals. So now we're going to take away that liberty and that freedom from society. So now it's another attack on God, and it's Antichrist. And, and it's well, another religion. Environmentalism and this climate agenda is a religion in and of itself. To answer your question, Pastor, I don't know if they know that they're going through the Bible and saying, oh, I'm just going to turn everything upside down. But the person they work for, the person that controls their lives, Satan, knows exactly that's what he's up to. He's doing that intentionally. Satan is definitely out there working with his minions to turn the Bible upside down. And in Romans 1.25, it says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. And that's what they're doing, right? They mm -hmm. are... Worshipping and serving the creature, and the creature would be us. That's all I they're worried about. The insects. Well, <laughs> that too, because that's part of the creature that uh, the Bible's talking about. You're not serving God. You're serving the creatures around mm -hmm. you rather than you're serving God. So when you do that, you now exchange the truth of God for a lie. And if you live a life based on lies, you're going to have mental issues, and you're going to do some crazy things out there. You know, one of the things that has me worried about this also is that every time something like that shooting happens is 
another chance for uh, liberals to take guns from everybody. They use it as a method to remove your rights, and (laughs) it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But also, just for the people out there that agree with this, you are taking away somebody's right, somebody's ability to protect themselves from somebody like this. And you think that it's going to save them from somebody like that. And don't forget, it was another gun that eventually stopped her from killing people. That's true. All right, so we're going to move on. And David, I hope that you finally raise your hand and I can, you know, direct a question your way. But this one you might be interested in, and that is whether the IRS is now being weaponized. So journalist Matt Tahibi, and he's well known uh, for releasing the Twitter files that exposed the U.S. government attempts, at rather successful attempts, by the way, at censoring conservative social media posts. He has reported that the IRS visited his home while he was testifying before Congress. And uh, he was testifying before Congress about leaked IRS files related to the investigation of wealthy Americans. Uh, So he's suggesting, and he's not alone in this suggestion, that the IRS intentionally visited his home unannounced because of what his testimony was going to be before Congress about the IRS. Uh, David, you brought this story to my attention. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, apparently, uh, according to Mr. Tiabi, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but the problem he was having with the IRS is a simple paperwork problem. With a simple paperwork problem, the IRS sends you a letter. They don't send a person to your door and if they did, they'd make an appointment. Uh, the only time they come to your door without appointment is if they're going to arrest you. But apparently, according to him, he does not owe the IRS any money. <clears throat> there were some problems with getting uh, the tax returns filed by his accountant. And, and so it's a, a simple paperwork problem. The visit by the IRS agent sounds to me very suspicious as an attempted intimidation, because yeah. intimidation is what they're all about. And they're weaponizing government, weaponizing the FBI for some things, weaponizing the Department of Justice for other things, and weaponizing the IRS. And it's not new. It's not new. But this is a typical Democrat strategy to weaponize the IRS. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, Mr. Tahibi who has to look at this and be afraid, Right. Because the IRS is sending a signal here. If you go against us, you go against the United States government, even if you are going to appear before Congress, we're going to show up at your door and send you a direct message. We do not like what you're doing. And when, because of the name that you have, I know this is going to make big news because you're going to let it out there that the IRS showed up at my house as I was testifying before Congress, and that's going to send a message to the rest of the Americans out there. Be very careful if you come after the Biden administration. And Matt Taibbi is not even a conservative. You know, the IRS has been known to target conservatives before, especially under the Obama administration. So he's more more of a liberal, but they, I mean, well, they don't second, really— Well, wait a second, Patty. Wait, wait a second, because— the bar keeps moving further and further yeah. and further away. It's like uh, Sarah Huckabee uh, said, right? She goes, it's not a question of right or left anymore. Yep. It's 
question between normal and the crazy. That's that's true. (laughs) But I mean, they don't care if you just if you just rock their boat a little bit. They don't care if you are right or left. They will come after you. So it's no longer just against conservatives. J.K. Rowling, the author Mm -hmm. of Harry Potter, she's not considered a conservative, but boy, is she. Under That's attack right. now by the liberals. So they don't care. They don't. If you oh, don't tow the line, they don't care. 100% towing their line. And they, and they have the resources now, right? They hired, what, 90,000 agents who are armed, Arms. right? So, yeah. so now they have the resources to go house to house if they need to. That reminds me. Now, they hired 90,000 new uh, IRS agents that are armed, and uh, they didn't do anything to protect the schools. <laughs> I mean, That's you true. can have every single one of those guys go out and protect a school instead of come after taxes, and you wouldn't have these shootings anymore. Sure. But no, no, they don't care about the students. Now They're going to pretend so they could take your rights away. But For people who are probably wondering why everybody keeps saying armed IRS agents, if you hadn't uh, noticed uh, the application that the IRS put out to recruit these 87,000 new agents, it said you must be willing to carry a gun. And that's how everybody now assumes that all 87,000 are going to be armed because they wouldn't have put it in the application if they didn't intend to arm you when you became an IRS agent. So imagine when Matt Taibbi had one show up at his door, he might have thought he was armed. That's a scary thing. Right? Yeah, you almost have to assume that that's going to be the case in today's society. And then what's even ironic about this, guys, is that you know, we live in a country where we're in trillions of dollars of debt, right? And then the IRS goes after this gentleman who has no debt with the IRS. And it was just like, I think David mentioned, uh, maybe a paperwork issue, right? So, man, it just, it all points back to the other side needs to take a good look in the mirror, right? And, but they do love to point the finger at the other side so they don't have to take accountability and responsibility for themselves. Well, again, back to, you know, the idea that this really is coming from people's lack of faith and lack of, uh, of belief, because if people did believe and did read the Bible and paid attention to its teachings, we wouldn't be in this situation because so many people wouldn't be led down this, these paths that lead us to this sort of government that we're stuck in now. They'd be voted out. They would know that the, these people have no good intentions for us as the American public. And they would say, no, I want somebody in there who's actually going to protect me, who's going to care about how I do business and make sure that I'm, you know, well off instead of just trying to squeeze us like we're sponges. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, that's not going to happen anytime soon, Michael. We're not headed in that direction. So the Wall Street Journal issued a poll which I found stunning, absolutely stunning. And we call ourselves Shout Out Patriots. And when I look at this poll, it looks like our numbers are not going to be skyrocketing up, but going down as the decades or the years go by. So here's what's in this poll. I just, it's amazing. All right. Uh, People who say uh, that values are very important to them. And here are some of the values. Patriotism. How many people in America, uh, Patty, do you think said that patriotism is important to them, percent-wise? Probably going down, but maybe 50%. (laughs) What do you think, Pastor? Um, 
Yeah, I'll say 42. 42. Okay, here's the number. It is overall patriotism in the United States. If you add the Democrats and Republicans and independents and everybody else all together, in 1998, 70% of Americans said that patriotism was important to mm. them. And 2023, that number is down to 38%. Mm. I was close. Mm. 38%. I think it is hard to feel patriotic toward a country whose government is being weaponized against you. Yeah, they're making mm-hmm. it hard, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, but see, that's that's this is kind of my point, is that we haven't been living in America ever since... Well, I don't know when it actually started, but we haven't been living in America in a long time, ever since they started taking over our rights and uh, disregarding what the Constitution actually says. If we are talking about the constitutional republic that began as America... I am 100% patriotic towards that. Right. If I think of what Biden is doing today, not at all. Exactly. And I had the same thought as Michael, because when I think of patriotism, it's being patriotic towards the foundational ideals Mm -hmm. of this country, right? And the patriot is just somebody who loves their country, serves their country, and defends their country against evil. That should be every American. Unfortunately, it's not. But we should be patriotic towards, you know, what this country stands for, not what this country is. Same thing with the church. You know, we can be very disillusioned, some of us, because of what's transpired in the church, but I love the church. I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we can't change who God is, who this country is, who the church is. It is what it is, right? This country was was founded a certain way. The Bible never changes. God never changes. So we're patriots because we we go back to 1776. Yeah, right. Because we're talking about the America that was founded in this country. That's what we're talking about. David? Well, and it's just exactly that. The, the It's hard to feel patriotic toward a government that is abandoning the principles on which the, the country is founded. The freedom of speech, for example, and we've just gone through the the Matt Taibbi stuff was showing how the government was complicit in trying to censor the citizens. That is a complete abandonment of one of the most fundamental principles of this country. Yeah, but, you know, I think the poll, when people are asked, you know, is patriotism important to them, aren't thinking about, you know, the current government and what the government's doing. They're talking about the country that, you know, they... uh, believe represented the principles of the founding fathers and that that is what defines patriotism to them. And the reason why I think, Marty, let me just say this because maybe, you know, you had Democrats and leftists in that statistic, right? Right. So maybe a uh, a leftist thinking is saying I'm patriotic towards the Obama America towards the Biden, you know, we don't know what's going through their heads, but we as true patriots, we know what patriotism truly yeah. is. Well, when you have patriotism drop from 70% down to 38%, uh, I don't think we're talking about people looking at the current climate of society and basing their patriotism on what some wacko Stanford University professors teaching out there or what the liberal media has on TV. Uh, I think they refer to that as the principles of the founding of this country and whether they're patriotic to that or not. Otherwise, the number would stay the same, right? Because if the liberals are getting what they want, then their patriotism would go up and the conservatives would go down. But the fact that it's taking a nosedive from both liberals, independents, and conservatives straight down would show that, you know, it's it's bigger 
than just what the current climate is. And also, this is kind of revealing uh, because religion being an important value in 1998 was at 62%. It is now at 39%. So, you know, so religion's down. So even there's people out there who don't like what the Biden or the Obama administration are doing, you know, why is, if they're less patriotic because of that, how come they're also abandoning the religion? And religion's no longer important. I think those two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You That's know? That's what it seems. If, yeah. if your religion, belief in God, goes down, and this country was founded on biblical principles, goes down, right? Then your patriotism is going to go down. If you shove God out of this country, you know, then what are you patriotic to anymore? Well, sure, we were founded on faith in God, on religious principles. The one well, hope I have is that this is a poll taken of people that take polls. <laughs> so if we do have all those people that won't answer these questions, that won't take polls. That's a good point. It there. Is a poll. And then you're going to have the people who say no to patriotism because they know it's a naughty word and they're going to be harmed if they answer yes to that question. And Marty, I just want to be clear for uh, us around the table and our listeners. When you mention religion, we're not talking about Christianity, right? We're just talking about religion in general. Right. Right. So like Patty mentioned before, climate change is a religion. That's a God for many people, right? Mm-hmm. Satanism is a religion. Atheism, there's a lot of religions out there that some people aren't going to classify as a religion. So we just got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. So they are religious. They just don't recognize it as a religion. Right. Exactly. It is a religion. Yeah. I, I really think that, that the patriotism question is a reflection of our government or at least our government leaders. And I look at it this way. When we were growing up in the 50s and 60s, the Republican Party was kind of center-right. The Democratic Party was center-left. That's all changed. They're no longer, you know, scattered around the center. Now the Democratic Party is so far to the left, so far to the crazy left, that how can you be patriotic about people that abandon the the principles which the leaders in the Democratic Party do, and I don't know where the Republican Party is. All right, so if you kick patriotism and religion out of your value system, you create a vacuum, right? Got to replace it with something. So what did these people replace it with? What actually went up as a value to them? Want to guess what it is? Mm, Gender ideology? It increased across the board, though. So it's something everybody apparently out there agrees that this is a good replacement for patriotism and religion. Independence. All right. In 1998, 31% held money as a value. Today, it's 43%. That went up. The only thing went up was their value in money. And that kind of makes sense, right? If the others go down, you know, you got to replace it with something. So the real problem here is money. People have too much money. When you have too much money, you're not patriotic anymore, and you don't need God. Of course, you can live in your own little home, right? You don't have to be patriotic to anything. Your home is your castle. You make up your own rules in your home if you got enough money. I'm just joking here. Y'all are looking at me very <laughs> serious, like you know. Uh, but well, I did picked, find it they interesting. It's a bad economic time to you know have faith in money alone. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, that's where they put no value. And also, I thought it was interesting, having children. 
we all know that that went down, right? All right, so in 1998, 59% of Americans thought children was a great value to have. It's down to 30% now, Mm -hmm. 30%. So that's less than a third of the people in the United States have any value in children. Well, we'll, we will cease to exist if that keeps going down. And and once again, a principle of God, right? Mm-hmm. Be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. Yep. So right. here, I got to go ahead. Know, I, I know we're ready to wrap up soon, but I just want to share a final thought before we do wrap up. A lot of these topics we've talked about tonight, predominantly the first one with this horrific shooting, also even just something as nominal and silly as the flower with the insects, as Christians and as patriots, we got to understand that this is a spiritual battle, right? Ephesians 6 says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, and then you can look at that and see what it's against, but it's against principalities, powers, against the darkness and rulers of this dark age that we live in. So it's against evil. So we need to understand that it's not against the people that are, are doing these attacks, they're doing these things, and there's a spiritual battle. And a lot of Christians, we look at life just in the physical And we need to start being discerning to understand that there's a real enemy, there's a real adversary, there's a real uh, dark force that's coming at us, the kingdom of darkness, and we need to rise up at this time to be the kingdom of light. And God's people need to shine that light. If not, we're just going to walk around thinking everything's just physical, it's carnal, when it's it's spiritual and we need to be wise as serpents innocent as doves a lot of christians are very innocent but we're not wise at this hour we need to have what much wisdom because satan our enemy our adversary is looking to take us out looking to take our kids out looking to come into our schools looking to come into our marriage our households our families and take us out mm-hmm. all right well yep. that's it for this episode of shout out Patriots, tell your friends about us. Be sure to hit that share button and keep on downloading. We really appreciate all the attention that we're getting. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.